You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Oh, uh, healthy and alive. I am just ecstatic at hearing the news out of Afghanistan. It's How, wonderful, uh, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's yeah, positive. The Taliban news. are different. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. It's the Taliban mm-hmm. 2.0. They're peaceful. They're peaceful. They're mm-hmm. asking for a, well, hell, why don't we just, they're, they're asking the U.S. for something. We'll get to that in a second. Why don't we just give them a seat on the, the U.N. Human Rights Council while we're at it? I mean, it, it makes sense, right? We left all that equipment there and everything uh-huh. because they're reformed. They're new. They're different. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was, that was what they needed, right? This entire time to, to reform them is just thousands of uh, Humvees, you know, uh, Little Birds, Blackhawks, M4s, mm-hmm. you know, just they mm-hmm. just needed all that military hardware to to yeah. show that they're kind hearted individuals. Yeah. And you know what? If they were to get a seat on the Human Rights Council at the United Nations, I mean, they would be in good company. They'd be in really good company. If you were to examine the people that have seats on the UN Human Rights Council, you, you couldn't make this up. I'm, I'm going to go down a list here of countries that have seats on the United Nations Human Rights Council. Cuba. Yes, the island nation of Cuba. You heard me correctly. Libya. Okay, they, I mean, they have this thing down there that they do uh, about torturing migrants. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that's they're, they're just trying to ensure their safety or something. Whatever that is. Rumors. Uh, yeah, rumors. Yeah, senseless rumors. You're, you're right. And I'm sure that this next one is too. Uh, China. Right. They're, they're on the Human Rights Council. They've only got one million Uyghur Muslims in slave labor camps in uh, in Xinjiang. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that that's just that's just a rumor. I'm I'm sure, and I'm sure that they're not Sunni Muslims, just like the ones from Afghanistan. I'm sure that they're you know I'm sure that that's not going to be a problem for them or anything. Russia uh, now they have this thing. Apparently, according to a guy named uh, Alexander Navalny, apparently they have this thing about poisoning dissidents. I I don't know. I, I don't know. There, there's just something there. I, I, who knows, right? Again, rumors. Again with these rumors. Uh, Ed. Etria, uh, whatever that is, uh, whatever it is, they, they have slave labor in that country. Somalia, they're on the UN Human Rights Council. Pakistan, right? Pakistan's on that. That's fantastic. Cameroon, you know what happens to you in Cameroon if you stand up and you voice your opinion against the government? Well, you don't get to voice your opinion again. Uh, Venezuela, they're on there, uh, as well as um, Mauritania. So, I mean, they'd be in good company. So if we add Afghanistan to that, I mean, why not, right? Why not? But before they get a seat on the Human Rights Council, they have to be recognized as a legitimate government first, right? I mean, that's kind of the first thing that you would do. You have to be established as a legitimate government. Well, the Taliban have asked America, the United States, United States of America, they have asked us to recognize them as a legitimate government. Uh, Zabihullah Mujahid, which is their uh, official spokesman or something, you know, the one that you always see on the on the TV channels, you know, up there giving the, the speeches and everything. He has uh, requested the United States formally recognize the Taliban as the government of Afghanistan on Tuesday. Well, gee whiz, I, I don't know, Bruce, what do you think? You think that uh, we should give them the honor of, of being recognized as a legitimate government, the Taliban? You, you think we should do that? I mean, they would be in good company. 
based on who who we listed there um but it, it would it would fit the trend you know they're the the taliban are only guilty of things like executing women and, and girls raping mm-hmm. women and girls mm-hmm. um executing uh, gays and then uh dismembering them chopping them up and throwing them in the street street with a sign saying this is what happens to homosexuals i mean that's only what they're guilty of hanging people from helicopters and flying them around tying them to the skids of uh little birds and then uh if some happen to fall off uh it's fine uh, no biggie I mean, that, that's the kind of thing that these guys are guilty of. I mean, it, it, you know, so well, clearly it's not that, that bad. Well, no, it's it's not. And clearly, I mean, they've done some other things here in the last 24 hours since uh, since the U.S. has left. Uh, and I, I mean, well, one thing's going to lead to the next here. But uh, they've shut down the Internet in certain parts of the country. And they're also now disrupting cellular phone service. So that's now going to be a problem. So uh, unless you've got some kind of satellite communication, you're not going to be getting any information in or out of that country. If you're an American that is now stuck, trapped by a landlocked country on the other side of the world, well, then you are kind of out of luck at this point uh, because you're going to be getting disrupted communication within the coming days. Uh, Also, to be completely inclusive, they've also banned all the co-ed education. So that's all now been removed as well. Uh, They've rounded up all the liquor. All the uh, all the booze, you know, the uh, uh, yeah, the, those those Western Western influencers, you know, the, all that stuff. That's all been rounded up and that's all been burned and destroyed. I'm sure that I don't do, do, do the Taliban smoke. I don't know. Is that allowed? I think that's allowed, isn't it? I, I think that is allowed. They I think that's allowed. Their, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what is it? A, a hookah well, or something? Or yeah, the hookahs. The yeah, yeah. That? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The hookahs. Yeah. Okay. So that that's a big thing over in Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. That's in general. So I mean, that's that comes from that part of the world. Okay. Fine. I get it. And for some reason, that's like that's coming this direction. You notice that, like hookah lounges and everything. They're like coming this way. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that again. I mean, they're going for a real inclusive thing here. So I mean, why not? Why why not? Why wouldn't we recognize them? Yeah. Um. They're also. Uh. What was it? What was the other thing? Uh. Music. That's right. Music was banned. Now it, it uh-huh. is also banned. Mm-hmm. And they actually executed a folk singer that yeah. sang songs of of the afghanistan history on a loot Mm -hmm. well they 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 also banned comedy they executed a comic last week i talked about Mm -hmm. it so that's gone now so you can't have that they're beating women in the streets with sticks and pipes and anything they can really get their hands on stones and and everything else so uh yeah that's you know why not right let's just let's just put them on the human rights council okay um you mentioned something about them flying around in our helicopters are you sure are you sure that they're flying around in our helicopters? Are you positive of that? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm pretty sure that uh, we're the ones that manufacture and make uh, uh, Blackhawks, and I'm pretty sure that our. Uh, let me. Let me see. Let me. Let me look up at the model real quick. Um, it was like an MD MD five thirty. Yeah, it's also known as a little bird. Um, those those happen to be our our aircraft, and I'm I'm pretty sure that um I, I remember seeing uh. Uh, them flying around with people strapped to the skids of that MD five thirty and and hanging from a, mm-hmm. a Black Hawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a as a show of force to the uh, the local population. As a matter of fact, I've I've got it right here. Is that that's it, right? Yes, this right here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah that's that, one. Mm-hmm. that is the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, are you sure that the, that that's our helicopter? I mean, right there. You sure that's our helicopter? I mean, 
Looks can be deceiving. Looks can be deceiving. And then are you sure that they're driving around in American Humvees as well? Are you sure about that? And uh, I mean, American Humvees and trucks, uh, uh, MRAPs. uh, Yeah, yeah. You're sure of that? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Uh, Well, I don't know how that could be. Uh, I I don't know how that could be. I mean, my eyes apparently deceived me and what I was seeing wasn't what I was actually seeing, apparently. And it's the same with you and everybody else that's seen that. Apparently what we were seeing isn't what we were actually seeing. Isn't that... Isn't that the very definition itself of gaslighting, isn't that? Isn't that what it is? is that, yeah. Yeah. What you're seeing isn't what you're actually seeing. Kirby, who has basically been doing all of this in the press room of the Pentagon, doing all of this with a smile on his face, has said, and I'm quoting, we made the abandoned military equipment unusable before leaving Afghanistan. You, you could not... You could not make that up to sit there and lie to people outright like that is disgraceful. That is disgraceful. You have literally jump started a small army in a country. We gave them more Black Hawk helicopters than 85 percent of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's something like what, 36 countries that have more or 35 or something like that. The Russian foreign minister, I think his name is Lavrov, Sergei Lavrov, I think. I think that's his name. I'm sorry if I got that wrong, but he made a statement the other day, and the man's not wrong. He said, the amount of military equipment left behind in Afghanistan that is now utilized by the Taliban is more than the entire defense budget for the Russian military. Think about that. Think about that. We have given more equipment to enemy terrorists in the world than the entirety of the Russian Federation. This is why I say it was done on purpose. Do you remember that under the Obama administration, they tried to do this? They tried to jumpstart that small war in the Crimea. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they couldn't do it. They tried to do it with that $1.8 billion that we just miraculously misplaced. This is also what Biden and, and Hunter Biden were involved with, with the Burisma gas deal. Okay, we'll put your son on the board of this gas company that was owned by a Ukrainian oligarch, but he was also the same guy that was laundering his money through the country of Latvia, who was funding his own private army in the Crimea. That's what all that nonsense was about. If you've got $1.8 billion, now that might not seem like a lot of money, especially here in the West when we're throwing around trillions. That might not seem like a lot of money. But in a country like the Ukraine, that's a lot of money, especially in the hands of a corrupt individual that can launder it through, oh, say, for example, I don't know, possibly their own bank, which is what they did, a company called Privat Bank, which was seized by the Ukrainian authorities. But see, the money was already gone. And all of a sudden, you've got this massive private army that just shows up in the Ukraine. Huh. Well, if that falls apart and if that doesn't work, well, then you just do it outright in another place, don't you? If there's one thing that the Taliban do not tolerate, and this is, I mean, this is going back centuries. If there's one thing the Taliban do not tolerate, it is outsiders coming into their country. They don't tolerate that, do they? They don't like that. The Soviets were in there before us. They didn't tolerate that. Hell, it goes all the way back to Alexander the Great. Every single army that's ever marched into that country has been thrown out. Now you've got China and Russia going in there. Russia's saying we're going to rebuild it. China's saying we're going to extract. How long do you think that cozy relationship's going to last? Especially, especially when you've got over one million Uyghur Muslims in slave labor camps in the neighboring province just across the border. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. Apparently, we're taking out targets on the ground, right? 
Isn't that what we're being told? We're taking out yeah. high-level targets and planners on the ground that killed those 13 service members. Yeah. Yeah, we're taking them out. Guys okay. riding a tuk-tuk. Yeah, I, I saw that. It's like, we're, we're, st- we're taking out a guy that's, that's riding in a tuk-tuk? This is a big planner? Some guy that's riding in a tuk-tuk? Are you serious? He gets hit by a drone strike at 1130 at night. The guy's probably going out for a cup of coffee and a pack of cigarettes or a pizza or something. And I, and I say that, and I'm, I'm not trying to be condescending here, and I'm not trying to say that, that uh, I'm some kind of big expert here, but I'm just looking at it from common sense. And this is what a lot of the analysts are saying in the alternative media. And I got the same questions. We pulled all of our assets out, supposedly. Where are you getting your intelligence? If you are somebody that's running a live operation, you need to have intelligence on a target you're going to hit. You don't just go off and you start start nuking people, for lack of a better term, droning people, whatever you want to call it. Qasem Soleimani. Everybody remembers him. We had intelligence on that guy. We had tracking on that guy. That was a live operation that was going on on that guy. They knew the guy they were hitting and where he was and what time they were going to hit him. That's different. I'm not saying that I agree with what Trump did there. But what I'm saying is, is that that was a legitimate target with real intelligence behind it. What this is, apparently this we're just we're hitting targets just out of the blue. None of that makes any sense. Not to me anyway. But what do I know? You know, I'm just a concerned citizen. That's all. So I was just uh, crunching some numbers real quick as you were talking uh, to give an idea on how much equipment we left behind. Uh, I just calculated the uh, Blackhawks, the M4s, the ammunition for the M4s, and the Humvees and light vehicles that we left behind. Okay, just those four things. $20 billion just from those things that we left behind. Okay. And that's, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's not that's not including the jets and everything else. Oh, oh okay. Uh, yeah, that's not including the Tacanos. My God. The Pentagon has now backpedaled. They have now acknowledged that Americans are stranded in Afghanistan. Jen Psaki said that that term was uh, stranded. That term was irresponsible. You, you shouldn't say that. It's irresponsible to say that that Americans are stranded in Afghanistan. You can't say that. The evacuation was a success, right? Oh, now... They pulled out over 100,000 people. That's what they're telling you on CNN. Oh, we got over 100,000 people out of there. Only a couple thousand of them were Americans. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby acknowledged Tuesday that Americans were stranded in Afghanistan, despite the earlier stance by the White House and by Press Secretary Jen Psaki, saying that the term used to describe those unable to escape the Taliban-controlled country was irresponsible. Kirby was on Morning Joe, yeah, with Joe and Mika. Brzezinski. He admitted to not knowing the exact number of Americans still in Afghanistan, but the efforts to extract them from the war-torn country would be through diplomatic and economic means and not with the military. Uh, sir, do you know what our military does? They go in and they rescue trapped American citizens from behind enemy lines. That's what they do. Are the Taliban going to, um, oh, I don't know. Are they going to sit down and be diplomatic with you? Especially since our diplomatic mission in Afghanistan ended. We don't have any diplomats there anymore. They're gone. They were pulled as of yesterday. Economic means? <laughs> what the, the hell does that even mean? Economic means? You think they're going to sit down and work a trade deal with you over corn? Economic means? You're, you're going to put sanctions on them for what? What, a couple of mopeds? A couple of Toyota trucks? Uh, what, a few tuk-tuks that you blew up from a, from a drone strike you had no intelligence on? Not with the military. That's another good point, by the way. All our people are out of there. Where did they get the intelligence? That's right. Do you think any of our allies on the ground that we left behind are going to give us intelligence? 
we probably made more terrorists, more enemies on this pullout than we did over the 20 years of fighting we've done. And on top of that, how are you going to know who are on the ground? How are you going to figure out where they are? Considering they're now disrupting the internet and they're in the process of disrupting phone lines, how are you going to get that information? How how is that even possible? Where where do they get these idiots? Like honestly, where do they pick these these clowns? These people are are complete bumbling idiots. Where do they get them? Do you know where Blinken is? When I say when I say clowns, Blinken, Secretary of State Blinken, he is in his luxury home in the Hamptons. While we've got Americans stuck behind enemy lines in another country. That's where Blinken is. The state, the head of the State Department, that's where he's at. So I vented yesterday, didn't I, about the State Department? I vented yesterday about the consulate services for U.S. citizens, didn't I? Well, I thought today I would head over to the uh, U.S. Embassy of Afghanistan. I thought I would just venture on over there to see what they had to say about our top priority of aiding Americans and getting you out of the country. I thought I would just venture over there and, well, let's just see what they've got to say. Because apparently we were running the embassy until this morning. Apparently, I didn't even know that. We supposedly left yesterday. We transferred all embassy services to the airport over a week ago. But we just now announced the suspension of operations as of this morning. I'm quoting from their website. I'm on the actual website. Bruce, you can see it. I'm on their actual website af.usembassy.gov, the U.S. Embassy site for Afghanistan. The U.S. Embassy in Kabul suspended operations on August 31st, 2021. While the U.S. government has withdrawn its personnel from Kabul, we will continue to assist U.S. citizens and their families in Afghanistan from Dohar, Qatar. That's not exactly across the street, is it? So let me get this straight. If I am in Afghanistan, if I'm stuck there, if you left me there, I now have to contact the U.S. Embassy in Doha. But of course, I'm wondering, because of where I'm at, I'm not in the United States at the moment. I'm wondering if you can even get to somebody at the U.S. Embassy in Doha. Because according to everything that I see, uh, COVID-19 is a problem, apparently, for U.S. installations. So uh, we've suspended pretty much everything except uh, emergency passport services for American citizens. Let alone the fact that uh, the Taliban are cutting phone lines and cutting the Internet. So how are you going to get in contact with them? Well, Bruce, if you just call their automated service and you tell them what you're looking for, they'll be able to send you an email or a text message with the information that you need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's what it is. The embassy will continue to provide information via the smart traveler enrollment program. The embassy webpage, travel.state.gov and Facebook and Twitter. Well, we know that they have Twitter. The Taliban have a I think they have a verified account. They're allowed to tweet. That's fine. Maybe they can go up to the Taliban, whoever runs the Twitter account, and say, hey, uh, can I borrow your Twitter account for just a few minutes? I need to get the hell out of this place. Is that going to be a problem or anything? I mean, it's... No, 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 no. They, they, they said they're not going to hurt any American citizens. They're going right. to help facilitate their evacuation. Well, you'll take comfort in the rest of this statement here. They say that consular services remain available outside of Afghanistan, not from where I'm sitting. Not for where I'm sitting. Not for a second. To locate the nearest U.S. embassy or consulate, click here. And they have a nice little link you can click there because you're going to be able to get to this website if you're on the ground in the back country of Afghanistan right now, I bet. 
I bet. If you don't have a, a solid satellite uplink, you're not getting access to this. The Department of State has no higher priority than the safety and security of U.S. citizens overseas. Oh, yes. Yes, I'm sure that you do. I'm sure that you do. I can't even get to somebody to ask you a simple question. Now, you ask, what are they advising U.S. citizens to do that are still in the country? Well, see, they give you a nice little list here of bullet points. Yeah, the government loves bullet points. Okay. <laughs> So I, I'm not making this up. This is this is this is so over the top. You talk about needing to flush a government out, a bureaucracy out. This entire institution needs to be torched and cleaned out. We need to flush all of these bureaucracies, all of them from the top down. We got to wipe them clean and we got to start over. We have to rebuild exactly what these institutions are supposed to be not what they've turned into. U.S. citizens still in country should do the following. I'm trying to do this with a straight face if it wasn't so damn serious. Enroll in the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. So basically what that is, that's that's a, a thing you can enroll in. You can list your name, your contact information, and emergency contacts. And they will basically send you emails and they will give you alerts about, oh, I don't know, terrorist activity, natural disasters, protests, and that's it. That, that's all it is. Why would I send you that information when you handed over that information to the Taliban? Exactly. That was the next point I was going to make. You got it. You got it. To receive security updates and ensure that you can be located in case of an emergency. <laughs> oh. This is why you enroll in this. So you can be located in case of an emergency. Would you call what's going on on the ground over there an emergency? Next bullet point. Review your personal security plans. That goes without saying. If you're in country over there, that's all you should be thinking about 24-7 is your personal security plans. I'm not in the war-torn country at the moment, and I'm always thinking of my personal security plans. Because we don't have the comfort, those of us that live overseas, for other purposes, we don't have the comfort of falling back on uh, a network all the time of whatever. You know, I mean, we, we, we take all that stuff for granted in the United States, and we, we shouldn't. You shouldn't. I always heard the statement, if you want to appreciate America, leave America. Well, let me tell you something. I've left it, and you damn well better appreciate what you've got over there. Well, I appreciate while it lasts, because um, yeah. the, the situations we're running into overseas, uh, it's coming to the doorfront now. Uh, we're we're you, allowing everybody through the border, the southern border, without you, any, any kind of restrictions. Yeah. Are you seriously going to sit there and tell me that a government that abandons its citizens... On the other side of the world, in a landlocked country, it's not even like they can get to the coast or something and get on a ship. We've abandoned our people on the other side of the world. What do you think they're going to do to you at home? What do you think they're going to do to those of us that are in allied countries? They'll do just the same. Oh, you, you mean help facilitate your, your leaving the country, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's what the Taliban's doing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're leaving the country. All right. Just not the way you would normally leave through conventional means. Yeah, it's a very um, paranormal experience. Uh-huh. Next bullet point, be aware of your surroundings and local security developments at all times. Bruce is shaking his head. It, that, that, that should be daily. Like what, what we talked about, about the, the awareness and everything, right? I mean, situational awareness. That's something you should be doing anyway, inherently. Next bullet point, keep a low profile. <laughs> I would be subterranean as far as a profile if I were in Afghanistan right now on the ground. You talk about a low profile. Notify a trusted person of your travel and movement plans. Um... No, no, not when you bumbling buffoons at the State Department handed over a kill list to the Taliban, as Bruce pointed out. Are you out of your damn minds? Rumor has it that from insiders, 
from guys like Posobiec and all the rest of it, they're running around inside the White House. All these people at the State Department are going to the people in the administration and saying, oh, my God, what did we just do? Did we break any laws here? You damn right you did, son. Just for those that might be wondering what law they broke, that's treason. They literally turned over Americans to the enemy on a silver platter. That is treason. On top of that, uh, with apparently, according to to Kirby at the Pentagon, apparently with uh, unusable biometric identification equipment that we left there. Oh, you mean the ones that they've been using at the checkpoints to identify people? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. that one. Yeah. Hmm. You know, yeah, the unusable, unusable equipment. Yeah, the, the unusable stuff. Next bullet point. Make contingency plans to leave when it is safe to do so that do not rely on U.S. government assistance. Well, we know what the U.S. government assistance will get you at this point, don't we? <laughs> that that should be, again, that should be another thing that you, you should inherently be thinking about. Never rely on the government. Never rely on the government. Except for one thing. Always rely on the government to lie to you. And always rely that the government is incapable of doing something and you're, you're good. Next bullet point here, monitor local media. I'm sure that that's not going to be biased or anything. Did you see the guy that was giving the speech on the, uh, the TV program in Afghanistan the other day and it said uh, the Taliban is peaceful or something or Afghanistan is peace or whatever it is? And there's literally armed Taliban behind the guy on live TV with AK-47s and bulletproof vests. Yeah. You, you couldn't make it up. Here is a list of the resources for U.S. citizens in Afghanistan provided by the State Department. (laughs) The State Department Consular Affairs Afghanistan Call Center. And they list, of course, I'm sure they're probably not going to pick up. They give the numbers here. You can email AfghanistanACS at state.gov. You can do that. You can send an email. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be there to help you. The Embassy Citizens Services pages. You can go there because, you know, if you need all that information, well, all that's available on our website. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, Afghanistan country information that's available. You can they have a link here. You can click on that. Afghanistan travel advisory. Also a link here. You can click on that. You can also visit the Department of Homeland Security's website on the latest travel restrictions to the United States, not to Afghanistan, but to the United States. You can refer to our website for the latest alerts and messages for U.S. citizens. They had to put this one in there. You can consult the CDC website for for the most up-to-date information related to COVID-19. Again, this is resources for Americans, American citizens in Afghanistan. Um, I'm sure they are just terrified of COVID-19 over there. No, actually, in they, Afghanistan. No, right they're, now. they're not actually. They're not terrified of it because the Taliban just made it illegal. COVID-19 is now illegal in Afghanistan. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, yeah, and we knew last year that uh, COVID-19 follows those kind of rules uh, uh, in place. You know, it, it, it's it's sentient. Again, keeping with this, they have to they have to put this on here. You can visit our embassy web page on COVID-19 for information on conditions in Afghanistan. So you, you can do that. Uh, you can visit the COVID-19 crisis page on travel.state.gov for the latest information. And of course, you can follow them on Facebook and Twitter to ensure that you receive alerts and other information. Uh, see, could you ask for a better set of, um, of services for U.S. citizens than that when you're stuck in a country with no way out? Could you ask for a better uh, a better lifeline than that? No, I don't. I don't think any any American would would want like a Black Hawk to take them out to an airport to get them out of country or 
you know, a convoy of military vehicles to escort them out or, you know, any of those kind of things. I, I don't think any of them would expect that. No, what they really want, what they really desire is information on COVID-19 rates in Afghanistan. I, I, I think that's that's really what they want while they're there. I've got a recording here I want to play of a mother who is, uh, excuse me, who is she? She's the mother of one of the Marines that were killed on the airport there at that, uh, in that blast. And I want you to hear what she has to say about not just this administration, this, this incompetence of this administration. And you know, I keep saying incompetence, you know what, maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should refrain ourselves from saying that. We keep talking about incompetence. Maybe, Maybe you are dealing with incompetence at the rank and file of the people at the State Department. Maybe you're dealing with incompetence there at the low levels. But at the top levels, I don't think so. I think you're dealing with people that consciously know exactly what they are doing. This is malice intent. Yeah. And you know what? It's not just us saying that. I'm hearing retired generals come out and say that. In mainstream, they're publicly saying that this is being done on purpose. But this this woman, she's not just blaming Biden. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go there, sure, but she's not just blaming Biden. Pay very close attention to what she has to say about who else she's blaming. Kathy, Colorado, you're on the Will Count Majority. Hello. Hey, my son was one of the Marines that died yesterday. And to son? listen to that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on the radio. No, 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 no. Um, uh, go, go my ahead. son uh, was one of the Marines that died yesterday. 20 years and six months old. Getting ready to come home from freaking Jordan to be with his wife to watch the birth of his son. And that feckless, dementia-ridden piece of crap just sent my son to die. I woke up at 4 o'clock this morning to Marines at my door telling me my son was dead. So to have her on right before me and listen to that piece of crap... Talk about diplomatic crap with freaking Taliban terrorists who just freaking blew up my son and know nothing to not say anything about. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry for the families. So my son is gone. And I just want all you Democrats who cheated in the election or who voted for him legitimately. You just killed my son. With a dementia-ridden piece of crap who doesn't even know he's in the White House, he still thinks he's a senator. So I'm going to try and calm down. I'm sorry. No, you look, I, you know, I remember I, I said when November 3rd happened, I said, those of you that voted legitimately voted for this guy because uh, believe me, I, I'm really not a fan of Donald Trump all that much, especially not these days. I like what he represented. I like some of the things that he did. I like what he stood for. That's about it. But you let this mass hysteria and this hatred of the mainstream media that they ginned up, you let that grip you so much that you voted the other way. And quite frankly, in a way, I don't really blame you. I blame the way that our system is. Because, well, if you don't vote for one guy, well, then you vote for the other one, don't you? I blame them. I understand. I, I, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is, is I, I'm also arguing against the two-party system. Oh, no, I'm, I'm with you. But you, as the individual, should be aware enough, you should be educated enough that you see right through the two-party system and the, and the BS they constantly feed us. So uh, I, I get you're, you're, being a lot, you're being a lot more generous than I am in this situation. Um, no, I, 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 no. Well, I guess the point I was trying to make was, is that I said then, 
long before this incident, long before even this Afghanistan debacle, I said then, I said, you people that have voted for this administration, this current administration, whether it's legitimate or it's not, I personally don't believe that it is, but rather or not you believe that you were doing the right thing, you have absolutely positively no idea what you have done. You have no idea what you've done. I have an idea now. They're starting to, but I don't think people are all the way there yet. I don't think people are actually going to do anything until it gets in the way of their livelihood. You see, that's when it's going to change. Right now, there's no real reason for anybody in the middle of the United States to go out and protest vaccine passports. There's no reason for them to do that until they wake up and they realize they can't buy food for themselves without it. Then it'll change. Then it'll change. You can't buy fuel for your car, your truck, whatever you drive. You can't go to the post office. You can't go to McDonald's. You can't go to Burger King, any of these places. Imagine being systematically segregated and shut out of life. And if you think it can't happen, let me explain something to you. It is happening where I am. It is coming to your doorstep in your neighborhood, no matter where you are. You cannot run from it. I was told by people, and I know people that voted for Biden, unfortunately. I know people that voted for him. And you know... They actually believed before November 3rd, they actually believed we just want to get this guy out of here so we can all get back to life as normal. How's that working out for you? Oh, don't worry. COVID's going to go away as soon as Trump's gone. Has it? Or has it gotten worse? These are people with well, kids, small kids in schools. Uh, it, the, the COVID hasn't gone away because of these red states. That's the problem. I actually had somebody tell me that, believe it or not. They actually said that. They said, we're doing just fine. The blue states, we're doing just fine. It's those red states that are the problem. How do you reach that? How do you how do you try and, and talk reason to that? You can't. You send them to Afghanistan. Yuri Bezmenov, the Soviet defector, he gave an interview to uh, G. Edward Griffin back in the 80s, and he talked about the steps of a Marxist takeover for a country. And he talked about uh, destabilization, demoralization, uh, all the rest of it, you know, normalization and everything. And we're in the stage now of, well, actually, we're being hit with all of those. We're being hit with destabilization, demoralization and normalization all simultaneously because the establishment has been thrown into a panic. So they're now rushing to get all that stuff in simultaneously. And it's just it's turning into a madhouse. That's why everything's confusing. But he did say in that interview, and it, we've posted that, I think it's up on our Telegram page, it's up there, you can go and you can watch it, it's about an hour long, it's worth it. But he lays out exactly what this type of a plan will do. And you're talking about a situation here where you can't, I, I'm asking how you reach these people, you can't reach these people, there's no way to. You have to consider the generation that are trapped in that ideology, that Marxist collectivist garbage, whatever it is, the people, the woke, the woke crowd, that crowd, the Extinction Rebellions, the Antifas, the the the, the, the Boogaloos, all, all the rest of these these lunatics, the critical race theory people, the, the Black Lives Matter, all of it. These are generations that are lost. You cannot bring them back. There's no way to ideologically they're lost. There's no way to bring them back out of that. Once they're in that at that point, he says these are two to three generations that are just lost. There's nothing you can do with them. The same thing with the older Bernie Sanders types. They are set in their ways. They will not change. There's nothing you can do. That is another generation that is lost. The only hope you have to try to reach them would be to physically pick them up as Bruce is talking about, you physically pick them up 
and you take them to one of these countries, such as Afghanistan or what? what Venezuela. What well, you can take them to Venezuela. But the problem is, is that you've got DS. I would say Venezuela, but you've got Democratic Socialists of America members down there right now partying it up in Caracas with Maduro. That's not really a fair argument. You can't really you can't really do that because they're always going to be taken to these places. and They're going to be given the grand tour and the, everything like Bernie Sanders was back in the uh, back in the day going to the Soviet Union, like Bill de Blasio was when he was honeymooning in Cuba. Who honeymoons in communist Cuba? Who honeymoons in the Soviet Union? The only way that you're going to do this would be to physically pick them up and drop them off in a country where you have this type of behavior, such as North Korea. And I'm not talking about sending them over there and giving them minders and, and courting them around in all of these lavish hotels like the YouTubers and the influencers to give the country a good name. That's what they actually do. Go to YouTube and watch some of the documentaries from these young influencers. They do that on purpose. Oh, North Korea. It's not such a bad place. I think it's just misunderstood. They get taken to Alpine ski resorts and, uh, and lavish hotels where they've got giant buffets full of food. The people are eating grass and wood, for God's sake. They're eating balls of mud boiled in water to try and fill their stomachs with something. That's how awful it is there. And if you complain about it, you get dragged off to a prison camp for the rest of your natural life for criticizing the people's paradise. Until you physically pick them up from our countries and drop them off in a totalitarian state, they will not understand. The problem you're running into now is that we are rocketing towards a totalitarian superstate. And the same people that are out here fighting and helping to bring it in are the first people that will have their faces stomped on and they will be drug off to a prison camp saying, wait a minute, this isn't a utopia. Oh, yes, it is. Just not for you. The WHO. We talked yesterday at the end about a new paper that was put out by the World Health Organization about a COVID certificate. Yeah, COVID certificate. Well, we have a detailed list now of everything that this is going to include. National Pulse, they've gotten a hold of it and they decided, well, they're just going to break it down. And they did a fantastic job on it. So let's talk about it. This was called a conspiracy theory over a year ago. Oh, no, no, no one's going to no one's going to do anything like that. Oh, what are you crazy? What are you nuts? No one's going to come up with a, a digital uh, ID system. Well, what for? That's, that's ridiculous. I remember somebody was telling me a year ago, they said, oh, if you want to go to these places now, see, this is when they started doing this. If you want to go to these places, now you have to make an appointment. I have to make an appointment to go and buy a jacket in a store somewhere. I have to make an appointment to go buy a pair of shoes. I have to make all appointments to non-essential businesses. Well, when someone was in the process of telling me that, I said, before they got to the main point of it, I said, let me guess, you're going to have to have an app on your phone to show a QR code to say it's okay for you to go in. And they looked at me and said, I'm not talking about some crazy conspiracy theory. A new paper surfaced by the World Health Organization. They are issuing guidance. Now, see, th this is all it is, Bruce. This is just this is guidance. It's not a, it's not a uh, it's not forcing countries to do it. It's just guidance. That's all it is. It's just guidance. See, it's the same thing with the European Union when they say we're not going to force countries to drop the U.S. from the safe travel list. But we're just going to issue guidance on it. That's all we're going to do. And then countries can make their own mind up on what to do. Uh-huh. Even though it's the EU who runs the COVID passport system. No, we're not going to we're not going to make you do that. But well, if you want to do it, then you've got to take this. A newly published World Health Organization report urges the transition. See this a transition, a transition to a digital certification of vaccine status. And all they're doing in this paper, they're just they're presenting the implementation strategy. That's all they're doing. 
is we're going to give you the blueprint for it. And if you want to use it, go ahead. Go ahead. Here it is. We've already planned it out for you. All you have to do is adopt it. And it's really easy. That's all you have to do. The report is labeled as interim guidance. That's what they're actually calling interim guidance, which should serve countries help in their fight against COVID-19 and to capture vaccination status to protect against other diseases. Notice it's not just COVID-19, it's other diseases. Uh-huh. Other diseases. Like what? Sinus infection? Cold? Pneumonia? Flu? See, they've tried everything else in history. Now they're using health. This is another angle they've never attacked before. And it's throwing people off guard because it involves everybody. You have to pick something that involves everybody if you're going to implement a system like this. If you want to bring in a system of control, you need to have everybody in that system. What better way than health, right? Everyone has it. The central premise appears to be the implementation of a digital document of COVID-19 certificates or the DDCC which will act as an agent to present and review vaccination status, history of SARS-CoV-2 infection, and test results. Which means you're actually only going to be infected once. See, that's that's the other side to this, is you, you only get infected with it once, and that's it. The report acts as a technical guidance in regard to infrastructure, digital verification processes, and ethical standards. Oh yes, because they followed ethics in all of this, haven't they? They followed ethics to the letter. Now, the main uses of this, as reflected in the report, are the following. Continuity of care, record of vaccination, and to inform individuals and healthcare workers when and what type of vaccine should a person receive in the future. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm going to get to another point here in just a second. Number two, proof of vaccination. Vaccination status for purposes not related to healthcare. Let me repeat that. Proof of vaccination, vaccination status for purposes not related to health care, such as university education, travel and survey participation. Bruce, what do you have to do under the social credit system? What do you have to do in communist China every day when you wake up? Uh, you have to fill out a survey and praise the state. Bruce, if you want to travel in China... If you want to get on a train, if you want to get on an airplane, if you want to get on a boat, if you want to take public transport like a taxi or a, a car service, what do you have to have? Uh, well, a good social credit score. Uh-huh. Using what to verify your social credit? Well, I mean, uh, some kind of digital passport, if you will. Uh-huh. Oh, OK. All right. Uh, if you want to attend a university in China and you want to you, you want to attend classes, you want to uh, get an education, a good education at a, at a good university, what does that depend on? Well, you have to be a good member of society mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by their standards. Uh -huh. And what just so happens to be a, a medium to have all of that information to prove that you are a good upstanding member of society with a good social credit score? Well, it's that passport that you carry around with you, that uh -huh. little QR code or, uh -huh. in this case, smartphone. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm sure it's just coincidence. The report also describes how vaccination should lead to different steps of verification and database administration after the person receives the vaccination. The certification would transition through security verification steps until a digital certification is generated. They say they're going to use this through the blockchain system. Yeah, see, they're going to they're now see Klaus Schwab. He said a few months ago, he says, look, we're going to have to take over the entire blockchain to keep it safe from hackers and, and security breaches and, and cyber attacks. And we need to take it over to keep it safe. So they're going to base all this behind the blockchain, apparently. Uh, so it's it's all going to be safe because they're going to be in charge of the blockchain. You see, that's the entire reason the blockchain exists is to get away from you. 
exactly the the, the elite the the governments this this is the blockchain system is to decentralize that's the entire idea behind blockchain is it 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 keeps it from being in one set location that can be ddos can be hacked uh, you know and it removes control from one individual company or group and they're wanting to go in and usurp that because you can't you can't have that kind of freedom what's interesting here is this this next line that they point out and as far as I can tell, I mean, we, we've looked at it from the start of this thing, and I've been asking these same questions from the start of this. They say here that despite the detailed description of various verification steps, the report never signifies the reason why digital verification is needed and why nation states should follow the process to implement uh, the entire infrastructure in and of itself. The only thing they really talk about in the paper itself is the fraud side of things. So why are you even doing it? Why do you even need it? The answer is you don't. You don't. They were looking to roll this entire thing out in 2050, but the problem is, is they ran out of time. The populist movement was already kicked off in Europe through Brexit. That's where it started. Actually, you can precede that. You can, you can technically, you can precede that. What preceded Brexit was the migrant crisis of 2015. That's what happened. Europe got hit with a wave of migrants. There was nothing that the European Union did. So, oh, no, 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 we got to take everybody in. Uh, no. You see what's happened now. The Eastern European countries now all have walls up and military on their borders. They're not listening to the bureaucrats and the unelected people in Brussels anymore. Greece came out today and said, we will not be a gateway for another migrant crisis. They just finished their wall in Greece. Why do you need a digital verification system? The whole point... And I'm not a pro-EU guy. I'm not a pro-UN guy. I I'm a, I'm a pro-we-the-people person. But I still believe in nation states. I believe in different cultures. I believe in different, uh, in different lifestyles. I believe in that. Because that's what makes every country unique. That's what gives people a sense of purpose and identity. That's what makes us better as a people. But this idea that we're going to go around and we're going we're gonna to tear down all the borders, and yet you're going to put in this... You've re-implemented everything you've sought to destroy. We're going to tear all the borders down of Europe. We're going to get rid of uh, places where you can show your passport. Oh, uh, but we're going to reintroduce a passport, only it's going to be in a digital form. You're going to have to show it everywhere, even to the police in your hometown. How much sense does that make? There's no purpose for this. None. The only thing it's going to allow you to do is to regulate and control and split society. That's all it's designed to do. These are not unifiers. These are repressors and destroyers. Never forget that. They talk to you all day about inclusive and fair and all the rest of it. They have to sell you inclusiveness and fairness after they create the uninclusiveness and the unfairness. You see, the world that you knew that we had to create, well, see, that's unfair. That's not inclusive. Well, now you have to take what we're offering you on the other side that's inclusive and fair. Well, wait a minute. You're the same ass clowns that created the unfairness and the uninclusiveness to begin with. I'm, I'm curious, uh, does this paper at all talk about um, what happens to the um, nations that don't take this uh, digital passport system? Does it does it talk about at all any kind of the re repercussions? No, but we know what happened to five world leaders that were anti COVID vaccine, don't we? That's the only thing I can surmise would be that right there. So what will this contain? Well, let's take a look. 
The report signifies scenarios where people have to provide their COVID-19 vaccination status, such as a care site, a school, or at an airport. Just like a terrorist, right? A care site, hospitals, care homes, schools, airports. Same places we were told 20 years ago that terrorists were going to target, right? See, you're the terrorist now. You get it? 20 years ago, I said, they will flip this script you watch. And I was told by very... Uh, how do I say this? I was told by people that spent their lives in the better service of the United States, and they told me I had no idea what I was talking about. So what kind of data sets and what kind of structures will be involved with this? The report states that bare minimum information should be included in the identification process. There's not much in the way of bare minimum identification, excuse me, bare minimum information when it comes to this type of infrastructure. The WHO lists mandatory, you don't get a choice, mandatory new data points that need to be linked to the vaccination status. They say you need the bare minimum information, right? They say bare minimum information. Well, let's take a look at what bare minimum information looks like to the World Health Organization. Or excuse me, should I say, that's just who put their name on it. Should I say the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Foundation? Because let's be honest, that's really where it's coming from. The person's name, their date of birth, their unique identifier, such as their national ID number and their health ID number, such as your insurance number and everything else, you know, you have on like your health insurance policy and all that stuff. You have an ID number for that that's unique to the company. So they know where to bill you. So, I mean, they got to have that. Uh, the sex of the person. Of course, we've got 80 or 90 different uh, sexes these days, according to Facebook. So, I mean, or I think it's even over 100 now. So uh, that that's fine. Mm. Actually, the uh, to, to be fair with the um, uh, that whole community, uh, sex and gender mean two different things. Sex means gender as we are we there it. now are we there now and well sex just means your biological gender so it's either male or female what you were born as got it gender is whatever you want to be okay okay well that's okay that's different here because they don't say anything about gender in any of this so i guess that, you know that's that's inclusive i guess so all right so we're, we're not going to go there also the vaccine type that you took the brand, the manufacturer, the market authorization holder, the batch number, the date of vaccination, the vaccination valid from, the dose number, the total doses you've had, the country of vaccination, the administering center, the signature of the healthcare worker, the health worker ID, the disease targeted, such as the name of the disease that the vaccine was given to protect against, the due date of the next dose, the certificate issuer, the health certificate ID, the certificate valid from, the certificate valid until, and the certificate scheme version. Uh, again, this is the, what do they call it? The bare minimum information is all of this. That's the bare minimum they need uh, from all of that. Does that sound like bare minimum? Hell, I wouldn't give any of this information to somebody that I knew, let alone these criminals and these degenerates in these institutions. None of them. Now, the implementation of this, how are they going to implement this? What did Ronald Reagan say? The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Is that what he said? The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. They say here that the certification would help member states either as a short-term solution or a long-term solution. You see, once you get them, you're never going to get rid of them. Just like the masks. I said, those masks... When they, when they said, oh, we're just doing these for two weeks, I said, when those masks go on, they're only coming off one way. 
The same thing with vaccine passports. You get those implemented, they're only coming out one way. In the case of a short-term solution, the report suggests that the usage of certification until COVID-19 is no longer considered a public health emergency. It's an emergency that's never meant to end. The it, Literally, the paper says... Any other infection, what like vaccines, it, 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 it didn't specify COVID vaccine. It specified any vaccine and so other they intend purposes. this to go and other purposes. They intend not this related to continue. To yeah, they intend this to continue with not just COVID. They intend this to continue going forward. This is this is the new normal where we're supposed to be terrified of whatever disease they say is out there and go out and be good little sheep and take take your vaccine of whatever the next disease is. Now, they say here that member states can keep the system to address other pandemics, just as you said, to build a digital health infrastructure that can be a foundation for digital vaccine certificates beyond COVID-19. You know, I remember about 10 years ago, I was listening to a an audio clip of a film producer named Aaron Russo. Now, Aaron Russo's dead now, but I remember he was good buddies with one of the Rockefellers. I, I want to say it was Nelson Rockefeller. I, I want to say that's who it was. He he was he was one of the I, I don't know exactly uh, how he was related to, to David. Rock. I don't know if he was his brother or, or whatever, but or a cousin or something. But nonetheless, he was part of that that family. And at the time he said, he said to Aaron Russo, he said, our goal is to give everybody one of these uh, chips, the, these microchips. And you know, we're, we're not talking about microchips here, but let's be honest, a COVID passport in this sense, using your phone, well, we're not really looking at uh, implantables. We're just looking at it in digital form you hold in your hand, right? Because it does the same thing. Well, you would still have now. to use it. Yeah, for now, you would still have to use it as a form of ID. That's the point. That, that's the whole premise of uh, of an ID chip, just like you give to uh, your pets or something. It's a form of identification. This is the same thing. And he says, our goal is to make sure that everybody takes these chips and we're going to put all money on these chips, all money. Now, he, he said this years and years ago, decades ago, we're, we're going to put all money on these chips. And he says, well, what are you going to do that for? Russo was asking, him, he says, what are you going to do that for? And he says, if people don't do what we want, well, then we'll just turn their money off. We'll turn them off. And he says, what do you want to do that for? What, what do you want to hurt people for? And he says, that's just the way that we do things. This is who you're dealing with. You think that Bill Gates might have a vested interest in this? especially using health. When they talk about using uh, all of this other stuff in here, Bill Gates himself, I I've got the clip. I'm not going to play it. I've played it a hundred times here. Bill Gates himself says that we're going to reduce the world's population through use of vaccines. That's not me saying it. That's not my opinion. The man is standing on stage saying it and people are laughing at him. If you think you're not going to get these, you're sorely mistaken. You are sorely mistaken. These are not to be used for COVID-19. That's just what they're bringing it in on. They needed a medium and a crisis of this proportion to bring this system in. We've been talking about social credit for years here. We didn't know how they were going to bring it in. This is it. The people in France that are walking out in the streets, they get it. They understand it. You see signs in the crowd saying no pass, meaning COVID pass and no social credit. It's one and the same. If you don't take your vaccine from Bill Gates that doesn't tell you what's in it, if you don't take that, then you don't get to participate in society. That, ladies and gentlemen, is social credit. Final thoughts? Well, this is another one of those things that I wish we were wrong on. This is one of those that we've been talking about it for years now, and... I wish we were hyperbolic and we just, you know, we missed the mark on that one. And it, it's something that's restricted to China and it doesn't go to the rest of the world. But here it is right in front of you. Um, it, 
it's being masked as for your health and safety. Again, if you give your freedoms, your liberties up for security, for safety, then you, you will get no security, no liberty, and you deserve neither of those. So if you're unwilling to stand up against this social credit system, maybe this will be good for you in the long run. Maybe, maybe you do need to feel this pain. Maybe, maybe the West has become so complacent that maybe you do need to feel the pain from being under someone's thumb, being under an authoritarian. Maybe you need to feel that. And maybe that'll help vaccinate the Western society for a time against authoritarianism. Because apparently they didn't have enough with Hitler, with uh, the, the, the Soviet Union, with Mao. Apparently they didn't have enough and they want more. What was it that Thomas Jefferson said about a tree of liberty? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that tree is in desperate need of water. We're in a drought. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass us along to friends, family, and known associates. We know some of you have done that. And we appreciate that very much. Welcome to all of the new listeners. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, we would appreciate it if you would give us a rating as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.